0: This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning, and we're kicking off the week with Scrooge. What a better way. We're, we're finally <laughs> fa- past Halloween, which I swear to God, I thought we were never going to get past. So now it's... Uh, Now it's the rest of the fun time. This is uh, all the Christmas plays and holiday activities. And we're kicking it off, um, actually, coming up on November 11th, 12th, and 13th with a production of Scrooge by Gregory's Academy. So with us this morning is Greg Duckett, who heads up Gregory's Academy, and Bob McIntyre. Good morning, gentlemen, and thank you for being here.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Great to be here.
1: Absolutely a pleasure to have you with us. All right, Greg. (laughs) Why Scrooge? Well, well, first of all, no, let's not go there. Instead, let's go directly to Gregory's Academy, because I think there's a lot of people that have no idea what Gregory's Academy is about, where it came from, or how it came to be. So what is that, first of all?
0: Gregory's Academy of the Arts is my performing arts organization whose goal is to educate, entertain, and challenge those people who enjoy the performing arts. We started back in the late 70s, and we have been offering workshops and classes throughout the area when I'm in town and uh, have just really had a wonderful time working with people who are serious about the arts and the performing arts especially. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: um so part of that then has has been I think traditionally for a long time some kind of Christmas Christmas carol Christmas activity Christmas presentation
0: Yes we actually started in night we started with a Christmas carol becoming an annual event we did it in 90, 1992 1993 and 1994 we started those 3 years and what's interesting is this year celebrates our 10 years of doing a Christmas carol. And back when we started in 1999, Bob played Scrooge. He was our first Scrooge and I was the first Bob Cratchit. And this year we are reprising those roles. we are
1: reunited. Yes.
0: <laughs> so it's a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. So it's coming up on, like I said, no, beginning November 11th and then 12th and 13th at First Press. And we'll talk about all of that. But Bob, from your part, you've been around theater for a very long time now. What do you like about Scrooge? Because you've played him more than once.
2: Huh. Oh, you know, I guess what I like about Scrooge is uh, is just the uh, that he is, starts out grumpy and ends up knowing how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. Um, uh, part of it is, frankly, my dad used to you know uh pretend uh every year to be scrooge uh and would be you know crabby and snarky on the way up and but then on uh, christmas eve and christmas morning he was always <laughs> very jolly and very you know very into the um uh, uh to the celebration and it really is a you know um you know a story of redemption and a as it turns out, a one-night transformation.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it
2: is. And and uh, yeah, and I, I really uh, I just really enjoy uh, uh, that part of the character. But and frankly, some of the most fun stuff is actually sort of in the beginning, when you're snarky and sarcastic, uh, and that you know that gets that's that's the kind of stuff that get you you get to uh, you know, get to do some some acting.
1: Scrooge is kind of the guy we love to hate. We enjoy it because we know it's going to end up okay. Yeah, we're all going to be happy. So, Greg, go back for a few minutes because you were telling me before I went on air because I had asked. And I want to share that with people because I think it's a great story. Um, (laughs) Gregory's Academy is kind of the classic example of somebody reaching out for his passion by fluke. I mean, uh, it's just, it's really a cool story. Please share.
0: Yes, I sometimes think of it as my NBC after-school movie special. <laughs> um, I There used to be a dime store. I was telling Linda, there used to be a, a dime store downtown Danville called Scott's, and they sold paperbacks towards the front of the store. I went in and saw a paperback of the musical Grease by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. Took it home, read it, fell in love with it, and knew I had to do this show someday. How old were you, Greg? I want to say I was either in seventh or eighth grade. Very cool. And I just loved that show. There are two big shows in my life. Grease is the first, and the second is Stephen Sondheim's Company. If you ever get a chance to see either of those shows performed live, I encourage you to do it, because they are just great shows. Grease... I mean, I don't know very many people who have not seen a version of Greece, But anyway, I was sharing with Linda earlier, had to do this show, really wanted to do this show. I reached out to folks about doing the show and it really wasn't something that they were interested in doing, and so I kind of gathered some of my friends, and we did what we always do at the church or any small organization. You, when you're needing funds, you have a bake sale, a car wash, a garage sale. And it's
1: sort of it's sort of Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland yes. putting on a play in the backyard to raise right. funds for something. Yeah, and those it old happened. Movies.
0: Yeah. We didn't have a place to do it. So we did the production of Grease at the Village Mall in 1981. And so it was kind of a lot of fun. They had some stages they move around out there at the mall. And so they moved them around for us. And we jumped up there. And, boy, we were singing and acting from our hearts.
1: Well, and from that point, Greg, the, the, the point is that really was the start of your life. You didn't know it at the time, I'm sure, But at that moment when you reached over and picked up that script sitting there in Scott's Dime Store, for God's sake, was it really the future of your
0: life? It was. And then when I went to Western Illinois University and I was working on my theater degree, I would basically take the information I learned from classes at Western and come home on the weekends and have workshops and we would all get together and everything I learned the last two weeks I would share with other people and... That's how it just continued to grow and grow.
1: What makes a good
0: actor? A good person. Oh, I like that answer. But explain. (laughs) What I mean by that is someone who is open and willing and is the best at trying new things with those characters and not being afraid to try new things, you have to be disciplined. You know, it's back to almost like sports. You know, the coach doesn't tell you it's okay for you to be late. It's okay if you only do half uh, half of the routine or half of the exercises or half of this. You have to give everything you've got. And like I said earlier, when I was younger, I wanted everything perfect. And as you get older in life, you realize that may be a tall order, but trying to trying to be perfect is what it's all about for me anyway.
1: Bob, what do you get out of acting? Because you've been doing it a long time. Oh, and you've God. done musicals, you've done comedies, you've done dramas. What, what do you get out of it?
2: Oh, it, it, you know,' it's, it's hard to describe. It's just, uh, and I you know, uh, speaking of putting on uh, plays in the garage, yeah, I, I did that when I was a little kid um yeah, frankly we you know, would uh, you know make you know uh, rip off uh, the kids shows uh, <clears throat> on saturday morning and just you know, uh, do it for like five or six kids from the neighborhood and you know it's it's just enjoyable i guess to you know to you know put on another character and to um, you know to do the voices that that's my favorite thing. I, I Greg has had to beat me up in terms of blocking and <laughs> blocking and movement and learning how to face the audience, uh, but the voices are are um, you know uh, the type of thing that uh, that I like to do, um, and it's taken me a long time. I think I've maybe got to the place where I figure in a, in a way. When you're on stage, it has to be kind of has to be about the audience. You know, you want to see that the audience is entertained, and you have to forget yourself. You have to, you have to not worry about uh, uh, flubbing a line or or uh, uh, anything like that, and just uh, uh, just moving on. And that that's you know, you just can kind of forget yourself and and be someone else for. For, uh, yeah, literally minutes.
1: literally sinking into that role and being that that part. We're going to talk
2: more with these gentlemen in just a moment
1: on Newsmakers 1490
0: WDAN.
1: W D A N. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with Greg Duckett of Gregory's Academy, and Bob McIntyre, and they're here to talk about the upcoming production they are doing traditionally of Scrooge. And that will be November 11th, 12th, and 13th at First Press. We'll talk about tickets and all that stuff in just a second. But, okay, Greg, so here's your question. Everybody knows Scrooge. Backwards and forwards, up and down. How did you approach this? Because you said this is just a little different.
0: Yes, this year's production is a little different. Some of the differences are first we started with the script and then I adapted the script from the, the novel of Charles Dickens. And this is probably, in my opinion, the closest thing to the real thing you can get. Uh, for a show that's under two hours in length, because that's sometimes a Christmas Carol can be very long. It just Ooh, and tedious! <laughs> yes, and so you have to keep the audience going. But the show is. Right from the novel, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Some, a big difference is this year we have probably about 10 new characters. We see Scrooge when he's at school. We see Fan, his little sister. We see Mrs. Dilbert, the laundress lady, and old Joe. We see two men who are joking about the death of Scrooge and where did he leave his money. And so we see some of these other characters along the way. But what's interesting is I chose to do it with a smaller cast. I counted the program last year, and we had about 32 or 33 people in the show. This year, we have about 17 people playing all those characters, plus those new ones as well. And so it's really exciting and kind of fun. Uh, I'm more of a character actor, and so playing one of those uh One of the eight players in the show, you may play the collector one scene, you may play old Joe another scene, you may be a Fezziwig dancer, you may be at Fred's party singing Hark the Herald Angels. So, eight people do a big variety of things. And And so,
2: by the way, if you come to see this production, which we hope you'll see, you'll see. Uh, now we have some people that have been with us for years uh, Leslie van Camp, Ghost yes. of Christmas past uh, Jason Assad uh, the, the other two ghosts and Marley but you're also going to see some some people that are sort of new to the business Good. and it's been great for me in rehearsal to watch Greg take those folks and turn them into from people just reading the lines into characters the you know the character development has just been marvelous and uh those those little characters the guy that's you know the fence that's taking the you know buying the bed curtains and the the women that are uh, doing that uh those are just little juicy little nuggets that are just so much fun and that's frankly part of the fun of christmas carol that people know the show you know the show. You know what's going to happen, but that's why you go back and watch it.
1: And is that part of the fun too, Greg? I mean, I would think it would be. So I know Scrooge: Back to Front. Um, having you know, I directed it. I've you know, Wilbur's been in it. We've we've been around it for years. But so if you take something that everybody knows, and you tweak it to bring like so, we've got new characters. We've got baby people that are now telling more of Scrooge's story. Um, is that is that like the excitement of it to bring that new new stuff in and and make it newly interesting?
0: I think so. It's exciting for the audience and it's also exciting to see the actors grow and and develop these things. And it just makes the whole show exciting because it does make it different. We talked earlier about Every performance is different, and everyone who's in the show, and Bob mentions Leslie Van Camp. She started doing a Christmas carol with us when she was a little girl back in 1993, (laughs) and now both of her little boys are Cratchit boys in this year's production. I love it. That's great. So we kind of have a family reunion thing with some new people every year. And
2: and one of them is Tiny Tim, (laughs) um, and uh, he's going to steal the show. Uh, yeah, Tiny Tim old? always steals the show.
1: Yeah. I said the other day, you know, uh, our Christmas stuff, that work that we did at Red Mask, those lines pop up in our life almost every week. At one point in time, Wilbur I one rips out some line from some play, yeah. and uh, most recently it's been, "I used to be Tiny Tim, now I'm now I'm the dead guy," mm-hmm. which is yeah. like a favorite line of ours, which yeah. unfortunately is true. <laughs> So, Greg, talk for just a minute about the fact you're rehearsing in your garage. Yes. Let's talk about that because people don't know, you know, they kind of have the concept that uh, the kind of the red mask theory that everybody has a home and everybody until now has not had a home, still doesn't have a home. Um, and so the idea you're, you're rehearsing and storing your costumes and doing everything in your garage, and then you're going to shift over to first press. Talk about how that works.
0: Well... Um, I would love to say we had a gigantic black box theater 80 feet by 80 <laughs> feet on Georgetown <laughs> but you Road, don't. but we don't. So through the years, what we've done is we've rented places places for classes and workshops and rehearsals and we've rehearsed at my house in my garage or wherever we needed to rehearse and uh, this year we're at my house and w- the show is just growing by leaps and bounds every Sunday. We only rehearse this particular show seven Sundays in a row starting right after Labor Day and then the week of the show we rehearse at the church and then our performances. So um, we've been here, there, and everywhere, wherever we need to be. But it's worked out really well. If we get too big, we divide the cast in half and just do what's known as French scenes where you just do part of the show at one time. But and still, then...
1: it's got to be a major a major effort to move everything, move everything you've created in your garage to First press well, for it's... the
0: show. This Saturday, we are meeting at my house at 2, first press at 2.30, 3 o'clock, we're done. So Excellent. I really kind of design the show because I am a professional costume designer and I have a master's of fine arts in costume design. That's my big production thing. So costumes, you know, we are easier to move than walls. That's true.
1: That's true. So yeah.
0: Our sets, a lot of times, are minimal. And this year's set is very minimal because we have a lot of movement and activity on the stage. One of my big pet peeves is I do not want to sit in a show where it's slow. I want it to go fast. Yeah, that's a challenge. If it's not two hours or less, I have some whittling to do.
1: Well, and we have to to realize... Much as we would like to move people and change their lives, the reality is their attention span is about that equivalent of a a goldfish. So it's about seven or eight seconds. So better be moving. We'll be back in just a moment in Newsmakers 1490 WDAN.
0: WDAN.
1: Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning with Greg Duckett of Greg... of du- <laughs> Okay, I'll get it in a minute. Gregory's <laughs> Academy and Bob McIntyre, and they are both involved in the upcoming production of Scrooge, uh, which is um, A Christmas Carol. That will be th- uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, November 11th, 12th, and 13th at 7 p.m., 2 p.m. on Saturday at First Prez. And so, let's, first of all, let's get tickets, and we'll get that again when we, when we get out of here. But tell me again about getting tickets.
0: Yes, if you're interested in the tickets, just give me a call at 217-443-0235. That's 217-443-0235. I can be reached at that number, or if you want to reach me by email, it's Gregory'sAcademy at gmail.com. And you also have Facebook. Yes, that's yes, a Facebook page under Gregory's Academy of the Arts. Thank you. Okay. Yes, and the tickets are twenty dollars for adults, fifteen for seniors, fifty-five and plus, and students, and ten dollars for children twelve and under.
1: Now you were talking for a minute uh, about rehearsing in the garage, um, which so many of us have done <laughs> at one time or another over the years, um, and you got to move everything to First Press to get set up. You talked about minimal sets, and I'm a big proponent of that. I think we had a period of time there where everybody was building these big, bizarre, elaborate sets, which were extremely impressive, but sometimes were almost distracting from the play itself. You got so busy. Uh, I remember Secret Garden, I think, from DLO, which I thought was just a... uh, uh, Gary Lickfitt did it, just an phenomenal job on that but i was just so taken by i missed half the play i was so busy looking at the set and very, how did he come up with that how did he think of you know minimalist is kind of cool sometimes especially for a, a play like scrooge i would think
0: well i agree with you especially if you own your own theater then you it makes perfect sense to create an enormous set with a grand piano on a tall staircase If you are a show that moves, you're considered a touring show. And what do touring show designers do? They whittle it down to what is the barest minimum we need. Also, you have to take into consideration how big is your stage. I had a theater teacher who used to always say you can do any show on the stage the size of a postage stamp. You just have to know what you're doing.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I agree with that. But you do have to realize 10 by 10 is different than 40 by 40. Uh, It is.
2: And that's a good approach for a show like this. Um, You know, I have to say, I mean, Charles Dickens is, you know, one of the at least top three or four writers in the English language. The language is just beautiful. Uh, And so to me, that's the center of the show. Visually, Greg uh does does what he does with the costumes and you're gonna you know anybody that comes to see this will love the costumes they're colorful they're period they sort of you know take you back uh, uh to victorian times and pre-victorian times um but uh, but yeah the you know uh you'll, you know you love the language you're gonna love the costumes and you're gonna love the movement Um uh, and uh you know, elaborate sets. Uh, you know, yes, I I'd, I'd love to you know love to you know uh, sometimes go to Chicago and see what they do with elaborate sets there. But on the other hand, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars with me- <laughs> mechanics that move things on. They do immediately
0: hydraulic. Yeah, rocks.
2: yeah, and it's very cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: What's the mess- what's your takeaway message for Scrooge, Bob? You've been doing him for a long time. What do you- what do you want people to remember about Scrooge?
2: What I want him to remember that, frankly, that, uh, well, it can be too late, but as long as you have <laughs> it, if, 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 yes. It That's was, a Bob
1: McIntyreism. Yeah, it, it can it, be was, too late. It
2: can be. If it was, Well, it was too late for Marley, but it wasn't too late for Scrooge. And oddly, you know, Marley is the, you know, maybe the, the big redemptive character because he really, uh, we don't know what happens to him, I think probably something better. but we do know that after his visitation that uh, you know Scrooge turns around, he reconnects with the emotions that have been hidden because he uh, you know when he was a little kid he had a rough you know he went through a rough time but he had some good times uh, and he reconnects with that, understands uh, frankly what uh, what he ought to be doing uh, with his life and that he ought to be helping others. And he gets that opportunity, and that makes him happy. And he learns how to keep Christmas well.
0: It's the hope of Scrooge, isn't it, Greg? It is. There is another chance. You can turn things around if you want to. I think the older I get, the more appreciative I am of this story. You know? (laughs) Although I've had many casting directors say, Greg, you can play almost any character but you're not mean enough to be (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not a bad thing.
1: All right, so So one more time on tickets, Greg.
0: Yes, if you're interested in tickets, and we hope you are, you give me a call at 217-443-0235. That's 217-443-0235. Our Saturday afternoon show is is the show that's filling up the fastest sure and then thursday and friday night at 7 they're filling up as well but not as fast as saturday afternoon
1: and it's 20 dollars for adults 15 for seniors in uh, students and students and 10 for kids and again they have a facebook page gregory's academy you can go to and get all that information so you know where to call if you didn't You weren't able to write that down. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's just a joy to talk to you. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much for what you do for community theater. All right. Join me tomorrow, please. We'll be back in the studio with Samantha Stafford, who is from First Nazarene Church. She's got a new program up there for kids that we want to talk about called Mops. So join us tomorrow for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton.
2: Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com.
0: You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.